0: better and longer with the fitness show hosted by fitness expert author and tv personality fitz kohler she'll tell you why diets are dumb supplements are snake oil and the truth about how you can earn a lean hard pain-free and athletic body now for our favorite bossy blonde fitz kohler
1: Hi, team. I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from Fitness.com, and welcome to the Fitness Show. Today I've got some races to talk about, and um, I'm going to go through the uh, DC Wonder Woman Run 5K and 10K in Los Angeles, and the Monterey Bay Half Marathon Pacific Grove Lighthouse 5K, and the By the Bay 3K. I just returned from, I think, 11 days in California, and uh, Who could complain about that, right? (laughs) Not many people should. Um, Had a wonderful time. Wanted to reach out before I talk about the races to those of you who have emailed that I've had a few um, interesting, well, I always get the interesting messages of, Fitz, help! I'm stuck. Actually, I had the greatest one from a hottie of mine, a woman who's been part of my group for a very long time. And she emailed, and she just said, hey, listen, uh, I'm not willing to make the changes I need to with my eating habits, and I'm not willing to count calories, but I'm really frustrated that I can't lose weight. What should I do? <laughs> so I picked up the phone, and I called her. In fact, it was a Facebook message, and on occasion, things just blow my mind. So I hit, boop, I hit that little video um, icon and called her, and she was a little bit surprised that Fitz Kohler was on the phone with her at 8.30 in the morning. He said, I got your message, and this is a deal. Um, you tell me you don't want to do what it takes to do to get where you want to go, so what you need to do is accept where you are. You know, and she's in a place, I think she wants to lose 40, 50 pounds. She's not happy with her waistline. You know, the typical story of wanting to lose the weight in those places, we all want to lose them. Um, but I said, you, you're not willing to... Count calories? And that was the thing. She goes, I just don't like counting. All right. Well, then you must like what you're already doing. Um, if you're not willing to put forth the effort, you won't make the progress you want. And just go look at the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself the way you are and you accept yourself the way you are. And she said, no, I don't want to do that. So, well, you're going to have to make a decision. And it sounds like you have made the decision that you just want to remain at your size. No, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to make some changes. And again, you could go through some dumb diets. You can go to, I don't know, some shakes. You could go do keto. You could go do a bunch of really dumb, dumb, dumb things for short-term results. But eventually, you're going to end back right where you are today. And uh, you're going to be saying, Fitz, I really want to make, I want the results without the effort. That's what I was hearing. So um, she, she decided that she didn't want to stay where she was. And She was willing to do the thing called counting or logging calories in an app. And I know that sounds like a big burden to some people. You know, some people that are in major debt, it's because they refused to keep track of their money. They kept spending, spending, spending more than they earn. And then they end up with a big, huge chunk of miserable debt that will follow them around for the rest of their life. And when you keep eating and eating and eating and drinking without keeping track of the amount you're expending um, you gain a lot of weight and it's going to stick around unless you make some changes. So, uh, she ended up in tears at the end of the phone call, but I think they were happy tears. I think they were the kind that, um, (laughs) she was rattled, but in a really good way. And she definitely knew that I called because I loved her and I care about her. So, um, I was happy about that. I got another message said fits, ah help I'm counting my calories and I'm doing all the right things and I'm sticking with my caloric budget and I haven't lost a pound in three weeks. now this is from a person who's lost a heck of a lot of weight. but on occasion our body just sticks. I don't know what it is. I mean, you may be doing the right things to burn a lot of calories and or, or um, burn more than you consume. and in fact, The other thing she was telling me is, I'm not losing weight, but my pants are getting smaller. I can now fit into new pants, but really frustrated that the number on the scale wasn't budging. And I get that. That's frustrating. But sometimes our bodies just hold on to it, and then when they let it go, they let it go in a big way. So if you're um, trying to lose weight and you're sticking with your caloric budget and you haven't seen the scale move in a while... but Stay the course. People will hear me say that over and over and over. If you reach out to me and you say, Hey, I'm sticking with my caloric budget and I'm exercising and I'm not seeing results, I will tell you stay the course because when you are telling your body to do something and and you're doing the right things, it will have no choice to respond after a while. So um, have faith in the process. I know it's frustrating, um, but remember so many of you have had a hell of a lot of fun putting the weight on. And I was that girl, I used to be overweight, and I, I was reckless with food, I was reckless with alcohol, I was reckless with sugary beverages. And, you know, <laughs> I had to undo a lot of that. And it required some significant knowledge and discipline. And um, thankfully, I've had the type of discipline that will last a lifetime. But it is no, it is not as much fun losing the weight as it is gaining. Now, the process of losing the weight can be hard The excitement of losing weight is way more fun than the uh, excitement associated with weight gain, (laughs) right? Unless you've been sick and you need to gain weight for health reasons, nobody likes to see that scale keep climbing up. So anyways, you're really in charge of you. Um, Believe it or not, you are completely in control. Look in the mirror right now. Other than your height, for the most part, you did that to you. Okay? So with the, if you like what you see, pat, it, pat yourself on the back. You should be proud. If you don't like what you see, give yourself a stern look in the eye. Poke your chest and say, get to work. Um, okay. So now I'm going to start talking about races. The first one I went to was the DC Wonder Woman Run series in Los Angeles. And it's the fourth in our series. And uh, I took my daughter, Ginger, with me on that trip. And we had absolutely so much fun. She's 15 years old, and she is absolutely heaven on earth. She's not a perfect child, but that would be boring. She is delightful and fun and the best attitude ever, and it was just so wonderful. I, I tend to take my children on uh, individually on one trip per year at least, and uh, I get a free voucher with Delta for through my American Express card, and um, so I can take one of them for free. This one I didn't get for free because the voucher expired, but nonetheless, it was her turn, and so we start off our trip. We fly from Gainesville, Florida to Atlanta, which is my every trip starts off in Atlanta, and then um, we go from Atlanta to LAX, the Los Angeles, and something happened with Delta. They screwed up a bit, so they compensated us by upgrading us not only to first class, but to this magical place called Delta One. And with Delta One, you get your own oval-shaped cubicle with a chair that reclines all the way down to a bed. I kid you not, we were in the lap of luxury on this plane. They cooked us breakfast. We had our own little flat screen TV. Wow. It was fancy as all get out and uh, really, really cute. She was behind me all cuddled up in this chair. The one thing we didn't get to do is interact much on the flight, but who cared because we had our own little special cubbyhole and we got to fully stretch out and actually get some sleep. And I assure you that flying is ruined for both of us permanently because nothing will ever, ever, ever compare to that. Um, I just got upgraded to, or I just earned my platinum medallion status with Delta, which means I'll continue to get a lot of great upgrades. But I don't know if I'll ever get Delta 1 again, and won't that be a tragedy? Because it was amazing. But you know what? You're going to take your 15-year-old daughter on a trip, and you could um, provide her with that experience. I think I got some cool mom credit. And uh, where our flight from Atlanta to LAX was actually delayed, and we, we missed out lunch with a, on lunch with a special friend. But um, you know that Delta 1 thing certainly provided us with some happy joy joy. <laughs> That might not have been there if we were just late and stuck in coach. So we get to Los Angeles, and um, my wonderful friends at Warner Brothers that I've made through um, this DC Wonder Woman Run series, they did set us up with a complimentary studio tour, and that was a blast. I've been on studio tours before, but this one was really good. You get on the tram, and then they drive you around the back lot. You get to see some sets where actual um, TV shows are – uh, being filmed at the moment, so all American. It's a new like high school teen drama. But we went through that soundstage. We went and saw all the Batmobiles. They have this, they have a ton of superhero stuff because they're they produce the DC uh comic productions. And what else? Um, we saw some Harry Potter stuff and it was just super fun behind the scenes. We got to sit in the friends on the friends couch, on the friends set and you know, have a picture taken clinking coffee mugs, which really was exciting to her. In fact, we there's a coffee shop in one of the studio experiences when I order hot tea and she said, Mom, can I hold your teacups? We could I can take pictures in front of the Central Perk, which is cute because I think friends went off the air possibly before she was born, but she was still totally into the Friends thing. So um anyways We leave there, and we go to our hotel in Los Angeles, which is right on the corner of LA Live. So we're perfectly located. And, you know, I'm offering her the opportunity to go out and stuff. The girl wants to be in bed by 8 o'clock. It was a dream come true. We went to a super fun dinner at LA Live, a Mexican place. And then we just went. We were in bed at 8, 8.30. And what, what a dream, right? We didn't have to be out late. I didn't have to be miserable. Very, very cool on Ginger's part. And the next day was... Pickup day, and uh, I offered we wake up in the morning and say, Ginger, would you like to go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, see the handprints, go see the Hollywood sign, etc. etc.? She says, Nah, I'd rather just have a quiet morning. Who gets that? How lucky am I? So we relax and uh, we, we go to bib pickup, and I think it's held between noon and five or noon and six, something like that. And I tell you what, we have a really good time at these Wonder Woman races because I, I host it. And I'm not just hosting it, making generic announcements, which I do make generic announcements, but we have trivia contests. And, you know, I have the opportunity to interview our runners who are showing up. And I get to meet the greatest people. So we actually have a super fun time at these bid pickup slash expo experiences. But um, we got Ginger to work. The owner put Park Ginger in uh, charge of... Passing out our kids embrace sun. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Passing out the sun stashes, fun sunglasses. So there she is. She's got hordes of people surrounding her. as She's passing out free sunglasses because everyone loves the free stuff. But she also manned a bib pickup or a, yeah, a little volunteer station. She was great. You know what? Taking your kids with you on a work trip could be a uh, sketchy or scary thing to do not with my man. She made me so proud. I would say 90% of the people involved with that race organization, the professionals came up to say, your daughter is amazing. She's a delight. She's so fun. She was so helpful. I mean, she really, she was, she is a home run. I'm, I'm super lucky to have her. In fact, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If I could be anyone else in the world, it would be Ginger. She is she just she's so happy, she really is a tremendous gift, but um one of the funnier things said to me was uh Gary Kutcher, who's the Southern California race director, he also owns o c marathon. His wife came up and she said, "Your daughter, her eyes." They're they're like husky eyes. You know the husky (laughs) Which is funny because Ginger's eyes are huge and blue. And uh, apparently they're husky eyes. I hadn't considered that before. So um, I thought that was wonderful. But we just had a fantastic crowd. And if bid pickup was any um, warning of things to come, it was a good thing. So Ginger and I, again, we had a great dinner at LA Live. Went home, got some sleep. Up the next morning. And when I arrived, we already had... Thousands of people crawling the streets of Los Angeles, that LA Live, which LA Live is a dining entertainment complex right outside of the LA Lakers arena, which is also the arena for the LA Clippers and the LA Kings and some other sort of team plays there, I believe. But it's a happening place. And we had taken it over 100%, over 5,000 athletes, plus their spectators, Warner Brothers brought out a massive team. I think there was a couple of hundred of people from Warner Brothers. I was told the president of Warner Brothers was out there. I did not get to meet him, but um, just incredible. And again, our race, this particular one is unique because people aren't just dressed up festively. They're almost all dressed like Wonder Woman. So 97% of the people are in red shirts and blue bottoms. And then we have... um, You know, a lot of other superheroes, we had this great Superman guy who was wearing, I think he was in red biker shorts and he had red um, superhero underwear, Superman underwear, the the briefs, (laughs) Superman briefs over his red shorts. And then he had a little mini child's Superman shirt, which sat above his waist as a half shirt gosh, he was funny, and he ran the race with his dad. He was a grown-up. I mean, this guy was probably 30, and he ran with his 60-something-year-old dad. Just the fun bunch, you know? That's that's the best part of these Wonder Woman races is the fun people come. I'm sure we've got some serious people in there too, but nobody felt very serious. Nobody feels very serious. It just feels like people are out there to have a hell of a good time, and I love being the ringleader, you know? I, uh, I sneeze, and people say, hooray, so... Um we have an absolute blast. You know, and if for one morning, if you're gonna own any city, Los Angeles is it. It was pretty cool for us to be the big thing going on in Los Angeles that day. So we had a 10K, which started first, then we had the 5k, and uh I had a lot of friends around, I'm sure I'm gonna miss, but I had first of all, Carrie Duche ran with ginger and I was forever grateful. Um you know, to send I w- She was going to do the 5K, but I even though she's part of a structured group, and I'm sure she would have been fine. I really didn't want to send her out into the streets of Los Angeles, technically alone with no supervision. So, um, she ran with Carrie and a group. And in fact, Ginger said she didn't really want to run at all. And so Carrie and the group they walk with her. <laughs> they took over an hour to do a 5K, and I think that was because they were going to stretch out all the fun. And they did have a good time, and uh, I really appreciated that. I had Shelly Villalobos, Kimmy came, Connie, Jennifer Leeson, and Kit Kat, Warren Ward and his wife Irene, and Chen. Robert Schultz came. Um, Robert's a hottie who was not running the race. I wish he would have, but he happened to be in the area. So he came out just to support the other hotties that were running, and that was really nice. In fact, um, Robert got super funny video. So I'm Uh, I I stay on my stage sometimes and I get the computer calling names, but I really just like to be down with the people. I love to give hugs and high fives and engage directly with all of our athletes. I just, I like it. So I'm running around the finish line with the runners. I've got my microphone. I've got my cowbell and Richard's getting, uh, I'm sorry, Robert's getting a lot of footage of me just doing silly stuff, hugging people and so forth. And then what he catches next on video is, really funny because, um, I guess we were lacking a little bit of security and I look down the finish line shoot and I see some dude, kind of a vagrant guy, but nonetheless, he's on his bicycle riding through the finish line, which is completely unacceptable, completely, I mean, um, obnoxious. However, a major danger to our athletes, this guy rides and bike, he could Right up on somebody, he could fall over, crash into an athlete. There's a trillion things that could go wrong, and I'm not going to let that happen any more than it is. So, I see him, and I, I in the microphone, I say, "Security, I've got a bike on the course. I need security." And um, technically, we—I don't even think we have some hired security. Maybe we did, and I just didn't know who they were. But we've got this guy Toby Taylor, who's one of our ops guys. Toby, I feel like Toby and I are connected in a special way because no matter what I need. At the finish line or start line, Toby has it. I've got a guy named Mike Howie who, this very same thing, if I ask for help, they're there. If I don't ask for help, they're still providing help. They're bringing me a drink. They're bringing me sunscreen. These are guys who can set up a race and be super kind to their um, noisy announcer, Fitz Kohler. But anyways, I call for security, and then I go to this guy who's still riding towards the finish line on his bike, and I just grab him by the handles. I tell him, you're not moving. He goes, but I got to go home. I said, stay put. And you can hear it in the microphone going, stay put, like his mom. And he did. Um, So what's really funny is um, this guy, John, who's a race director from out of town, I don't know what was going on, but he and our Wonder Woman happened to be walking down the finish line. I'm sure there was a reason they were going somewhere. But the way it presents on the video is that I call for security. (laughs) And then Wonder Woman is coming to take care of things. It's hysterical. So there's John, and then there's Wonder Woman, and then there's Toby. I'm sure Toby's probably whoever handled the thing because I, as i as they arrived, I let go of the bike, and Ginger and Carrie happened to be coming through the finish line. So I just spun around and I ran Ginger through the finish line and Carrie, and it was lots of fun. But, um, thank you, Robert Schultz. That was. That video was great and less great on my part, more great on behalf of watching Wonder Woman go save the day. So I would have actually been funny to see the video following up on that incident. And I have no idea where the bicycle guy ended up going to. Um, But it was it was really a good time. Uh, The races are incredible. This weekend we will be. In Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego. So I think now it's just called San Diego Stadium or something. I think the Qualcomm licensing uh, deal is over. But nonetheless, it's the stadium that the San Diego Chargers, when they existed, played in. Our start line and our finish line will be in the center of that field. There's both a 5K and a 10K. So if you're not registered yet and you're listening to this podcast before it happens, that race is November 18th, 2018, um, come on out love to have you. We're going to have a really super fun time. And if you use discount code Fitness, that's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S, you'll save on registration. It also qualifies you for a hug and a really fun time. So um, Wonder Woman Los Angeles was a big old-fashioned blast and uh, I was very proud to be a part. And then I took Ginger. We went to Knott's Berry Farm that day, which is a cute theme park. Uh, it was a fun theme park. We waited in one big, stupid roller coaster line at the beginning. We didn't realize it was that long long because they didn't post the times. Like, hey, this line is 50 minutes. We probably would have um, skipped it. But we did go on a few more rides, saw a couple of shows, and it was a nice night. But then we went to Disneyland and California Adventures the next day. And here's the deal with Disneyland is I have run it. I've run through it several times during run Disney races when they used to be at Disneyland. So I've run through it, but I, um, I one day went alone. This is a few years ago. I bought a ticket, and I went to California Adventures. And I went, and I was disappointed with it. I didn't think it was that great, but I think the problem was I was alone. You know, I was alone, and there's that overwhelming impossibility that you can't stop comparing it to Disney World which is colossally bigger in every way and has so much more. And um, it was hard. It was hard to really appreciate California adventures. And I knew it was probably a great park that I I was just uh, kind of giving a, a rough deal. So I decided I would not go to Disneyland unless I was going with one of my kids. And thankfully, we got to do that. I got to go to Disneyland with my daughter. So we had a park hopper pass. so We had access to both. And we had a really, really, really fun time. We got the, um, we, you have to purchase the ability to book fast passes on your cell phone, 10 bucks a ticket, and it was totally worth it. And so we just plowed through all the ra- rides we wanted to get on. Um, I like that they changed the Tower of Terror is now a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. And that was a really fun change up from what we have here in Florida. And who doesn't love Guardians of the Galaxy? Great, fun, adventure movie. And um, the Haunted House is, um, we have the original style in Florida. And they have Nightmare Before Christmas. I've never even seen the movie. But it was a really fun decor and just something different. Their pirate ride was different. It had a little more of a roller coastery effect at front. Oh, so here's the thing. Maybe someone can answer this for me when the Pirates of the Caribbean in California, when you start off on that ride, it looks like you're in Louisiana. There's a crocodile. There's the cracker houses. Um, I'm pretty confident that's Louisiana. But then you go over this little roller coaster thing and you're in the Caribbean. It's very confusing. So if anyone can explain that, I'm sure some of you Disney fanatics can help me out with that. But Ginger and I were looking and, uh, you know, knowing the Southeast, pretty darn sure that's Louisiana, and then Caribbean. So, super confused. Please help me out. But uh, the first half of that ride was stagnant, um, like stationary displays, which is not how it is at Disney World. But then it got more animated. So, anyways, we enjoyed it because it was different. What else did we ride on? Um, Space Mountain, the difference in between Space Mountain and... Uh, land and World is one in Land is pitch black. So we're dark in, in Florida, but you can still kind of see what's going on. You can see absolutely nothing in Disneyland on that ride. So uh, different, you know, intense in a very different way. Uh, we, we just enjoyed it all. We have the Monsters, Inc. ride in, in California, Adventures. Um, I don't know, Radiator Springs and Cars Land. That was cool. We had a really fun time and one of the cutest... You know, little quotables of the day is we we did California Adventure both first and last. So we did California Adventure, went to Disneyland, did everything we wanted there, and then went back to California Adventures at night to see the parade, etc. And we were walking down Main Street, and i've I've seen the castle before, and uh, I was uh, not unimpressed because it's not pretty, but it's so much smaller than the one than Cinderella's castle. Um, And I hear a lot of Californians say, but it's my favorite. And I think it's their favorite. A, it's a great castle. Nothing wrong with a castle. I live in that castle. But it's much smaller. I think the people who grew up in California just have that nostalgic for it that, oh, it's mine. Um, But I remember my first impression of, of Sleeping Beauty's castle was, what? Was so small. <laughs> so small. But I didn't want to cast any shadows over Ginger's opinion or enjoyment over any of the parks. So I kept my opinions to myself. I didn't share anything. And as we're walking down Main Street, I go, hey, Ginger, did you see the castle? And she goes, oh, she looks up, she goes, what? It's so small. She goes, I could whip that up in a day. (laughs) She'll whip it up in a day. So I thought, well, maybe it might take more than a day. But it is cute. It's funny. It's just, it's a very beautiful castle. It's very you know, Disney-esque and and fancy, but it's so small comparatively. Uh, But again, we had to uh, appreciate that it was Disney 1.0. You know, we're blessed to have Disney 2.0 here. I'm sure maybe Shanghai or Tokyo or Disneyland Paris, maybe they've got something phenomenally bigger and better than what we have in Orlando. Uh, But it was really cute. Her, she goes, I could whip that up in a day. And boy, did I not expect that. But, uh, It was great. We had a super fun time. Um, She really loved the streets of New Orleans, which, again, we don't have in world. We were going to get a beignet. I've never had a beignet in my life, and neither is she. And we walked by the beignet place. I guess we were just not hungry at the time. And then we forgot to go back, but uh, I would have liked to have a beignet. I'm trying to think if we, you know, we had an ice cream. We shared it. We didn't finish it all. We're not the people to go to a theme park or on vacation in general, and be reckless eaters. We go, and I assure you, my friends, we are walking the walk, you know. I have salads and veggies, and I, we shared a pretzel. We shared an ice cream. Again, we didn't finish it. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, Knott's Berry Farm. Um, she wanted to get a pretzel, and so I let her have that. I was done with kind of eating flour for the day. So they have a dill pickle, and I go, I'm going to buy that pickle. I didn't look at the price tag. It was a $4 pickle. $4 for a pickle. (sighs) So I paid for it. And I thought this better be one hell of a pickle. But it was really, really salty. It was almost abusive to my mouth. So I ate a $4 pickle. That kind of made me cranky. But whatever. Theme park life. So we did that. I think Disney World or after Disneyland, we got home at 9 or so. She was asleep right away. So I think my teenager is the best teenager ever because we got to go to sleep early almost every night, and I'm forever grateful for that, especially because I had a cold, um, which I had to work hard to fight. But anyways, took her to the airport the next day. I sent her home. If you've never sent a child on an airplane alone, a little bit stressful. Now, she's 15, and she's brilliant and mighty capable. She's my kid. She could have totally handled um, Atlanta Airport herself. But I asked her if she wanted me to get the Delta unaccompanied minor thing. It's 150 dollars of money well spent, and she said, "Yeah, sure, she would like that." And it turns out to be a fantastic deal for me because not only was I able to get a, a guest pass to walk her to the gate and make sure her plane took off, but when she did get to Atlanta, her flight home was delayed by a few hours. So instead of her being there for one hour, she was here four hours and. I am not. I wouldn't be a fan of my 15-year-old just stuck in Atlanta airport for four hours. So Delta did a great job. Apparently, all of the people that were kind of in charge of her were really fun. She sat with the information ladies and had a good time, and they fed her and uh, really watched her like a hawk to make sure she got from point A to point B safely. I can't say that I didn't shed a few tears at the airport when she left. I was very sad to see her go, but um, what a wonderful thing. If you have kids... And you don't normally do individual trips with them. You know, I know not everybody work, travels for work. And even if you do, it's probably hard to take your kids. For the most part, it would be not a good idea to bring my kids to most of my events. Um, but go on, a, go on a weekend trip with your kid because it was really, really special. Whether you go to the beach or the mountain or you just do a staycation in a hotel and have fancy dinners or, or low, unfancy dinners, whatever it, it means. It means a lot to us. We've done it quite a few times, and um, I fully recommend it. So she goes to um, home, and my cold turns into, I think, bronchitis. I'm up choking all night. I was able to get uh, Z-Pak called in for me so I, to help me recover because I had to host the Monterey Bay half marathon the next weekend and fortunately get to do that with my noisy partner, Rudy Novotny, which I love working with him. And we actually haven't hosted a race together for quite a while. So we were really, really looking forward to that. And uh, this is a production of the Big Sur Marathon Foundation. So it's a sister race to the Big Sur International Marathon. And we love these people. The foundation, the board of directors, their executive, uh, not executive director, their race director, Doug Thurston. They're people we just look forward to being with. And the hugs and the genuine appreciation for each other is real. And I'm not only looking forward to getting back to that beautiful piece of land. I'm just looking forward to seeing those people and having those experiences because it's awesome. Um, But we get to Monterey and I had arranged with uh, my running friend, Greg McCormick, who's a biologist. And he's a guide he arranged for us to have uh, complimentary whale watching tours right outside Monterey. So we got on the boat, Rudy and I, and we, oh my gosh, we probably saw humpback whales at least 50 to 60 times. They were all over the place. You could see them blowing out air through their blowholes and doing little flips in the water when their little tails, or their massive tails popping up. It was super super fun. And I'm a ocean lover to the nth degree and the same with animals. And so to finally be able to experience those big, massive animals was uh, just made me so very, very happy. It's funny was, we were getting on the boat, the deckhand, Katie, she was telling everybody where to throw up. So if you're going to throw up, you got to go to the back of the boat and throw up tw- <laughs> throw- Backwards and that's the way to do it so you don't spray on anybody. And um I've got my sea legs. I used to live on a ship and I'm very good in the ocean, but I actually once she was telling everybody this is where you throw up, I thought, Oh, should I get some dramamine? But um I, I asked Rudy, I go, Should I get Dramamine? He's like, You'll yeah, be fine, and I was, but uh we had a blast. It was wonderful and um I think the three hour length of the tour kind of uh, alarmed Rudy a little bit, but I said, should we go? And he said, yeah. And I'm so glad we did. It was fun, fun, fun. If you've not gone on a whale watching tour to see the big guys, you should definitely go give it a go. Greg McCormick, I think it's just called like Monterey Bay whale watching. Um, and they're fun and they gave, uh, Greg gave great information and they had these toys on board. So they had toy whales. And so at some point I go to uh, port side on the ship, and I I take one of the whales, the humpbacks put it behind me as though it's breaching, snap a selfie, and, and post it on Instagram. I encourage you guys to go look. Those of you who thought it was an actual whale, it's just a toy, and I'm just a jerk. So I'd like to <laughs> make that very clear. There was no whale leaping into the sky behind me, but boy, do those toys come in handy. Um, on Saturday morning, we wake up, Rudy and I get to the start line, and there's this beautiful red sunrise. So cool. We're taking pictures in front of it and um, just in awe of the sunshine. And someone comes over and says, hey, that's actually not a good thing. That's fire. That's smoke in front of that sun. That's why it's so red. Oh, okay. Um, So we, we have that little... Thing in the mind now. The California wildfires, the campfires were 200 miles north of us. Now I could be wrong on that number, but someone told me approximately 200 miles north of Monterey. So I didn't really anticipate it would affect us much more than that. Red sunshine. We were able to host the Pacific Grove Lighthouse 5K and the By the Bay 3K, and those races were super fun and a great addition. If you know, you're going to run the half marathon there and you are bringing spectators with you, family members, get them involved. Have them run one of the shorter races or walk one of the shorter races on Saturday morning. I can tell you that many of our um, participants got to the finish line telling us that they saw whales off the side of the ocean on their path. You're literally walking or running on the ocean. So not on the sand, you're on the road, but ocean side and where our whales Almost every year, I hear people say, "Hey, we're whales. We're doing a show for us, so it's a it's a really good time, and we always have a wonderful turnout. We had thousands of people participate this Saturday, um, so we were very happy with that. I went. We went back to the um, expo. Rudy hosted the expo, and I taught my strength training for runners clinic, which was fantastic. It was a packed room, and everybody was engaged. It's interesting. You get people who show up to a clinic like that. Ideally, you think it's because they want to learn something." And um, one of my main objectives when I teach a clinic is not only to tell people what to do, but to give them an understanding of why they should do it. And when you explain the the purpose behind strength training, you know, and you ask them, "Hey, would you doing on any given day doing any given thing? Would you rather be stronger or weaker?" A hundred percent of the room knows that the answer is stronger. And so when you lay out the case of why strength training is going to help them run further, faster, pain-free, they start biting off on that. When you explain what each muscle does, how it functions for a runner, and how to train it, and how simply trained it can be with no equipment, et cetera, they start really biting off on things and getting excited. So I love these audiences. Big Sur probably, or the Big Sur races in general, bring me the biggest audiences um, because they do a great job promoting their clinics. And, um, it was wonderful. And I, of course, when I left the room and made room for the next speaker, probably had 30, 40 minutes of great questions outside, just a line of people who wanted to know more. And, you know, that's the best you can ask for as a clinician is that people were so engaged that they, they want even more and they want to, you know, customize for them. So that was a great experience. Um, I also met this wonderful dog, Harley, a golden retriever right outside my clinic cute dog with its owner, a female, and her mom. And so I say, can I pet your dog? She says, yeah. So I kneel down on the ground to pet Harley. And Harley decides that I look really comfortable. And she turns around, backs up, lifts up her tush, and sits on my lap. It was so funny. And the owner says, she clearly trusts you. She doesn't normally do that. So um, every time I saw Harley, which was frequently throughout the rest of the weekend, Harley sat on my lap. So um, that was a highlight. Which sounds absurd, but it was. I love Harley. She was so soft. And especially when missing my animals, it's nice to get a a little love from others. But anywho, this is how things pan out. Um, About four something at night. Our expo was due to close at six, mind you. At four something at night, I walk over and I see a couple board members and our race director in a little bit of a circle having a conversation. And I show up and make some sort of dumb comment like, why does everyone look so serious? And they give me the the look and I, and I said, is it the fires? And they said, yeah. And so apparently all day people have been showing up saying, hey, is the race going to go on? It's getting really smoky outside. And as, you know, I go inside after the 5K and 3K, people are still outside mulling around. The smoke is getting thicker and thicker in Monterey. And what happened was Doug went upstairs and his executive team went around him and I was up there too because Rudy had taken over hosting the expo. And uh, it was interesting getting to watch it play out. Doug was on the phone with the National Weather Service and they sent a link. And so he and his team could actually watch this um, kind of smoke, smoky radar demo, which was showing what it would look like as the smoke blew through Monterey. It was coming from the Northeast. And I guess the smoke goes on a scale from green to red to dark red to purple and Monterey was completely covered with red and dark red, and we weren't supposed to get anywhere out of that until the next evening. And so knowing that basically that situation would be equivalent to asking our runners, hey, go do a half marathon while smoking four packs of cigarette. Not not a really wise idea, right? Or we knew for a fact that um, or projected our area would be covered with smoke in the morning during the half marathon. So race director contacts the medical director, and now he's looking at these weather smoke coverage links and talking to him about it. And he's on speakerphone. You can hear the medical director saying, it's just, um, we're a health and fitness organization. We can't put people in harm's way like this. And there's so many runners. Runners are stubborn mules. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm going to run it anyways. And a lot of them did. Good for them. However, can you put your volunteers out in the smoke for four hours? Can you ask those young volunteers or those old volunteers to put themselves in harm's way? We have to have hydration stations. They must be manned if we're going to host this race. Can you put all of these people, can you put the police out on the corner of the street standing to breathe in the smoke for so many hours? And, you know, we, we work to the lowest common denominator. Some of our athletes are super fast. I tell you what, the professional runners who were there to earn the money, They wanted nothing to do with running in the smoke. They didn't want to damage their lungs and their future for earning potential in the future. So the smartest, most athletic professional athletes said, you know, they they were upset when they learned the race was canceled, but they understood why. And given the chance, they probably would have passed on running the race because they knew it was harmful to themselves. And then we have the lowest common denominator, denominator, maybe have someone... You know, we have some asthmatics, right? Maybe someone's got emphysema. Maybe someone's got heart disease. I don't know. But can you send those people in good conscience out on a course to run 13.1 miles? I don't think so. I think that's negligent. People die while running races. Um, you know, it's not so rare. Do we want to put them in an even more dangerous situation? No. So the really proper decision was made to cancel the race. And I was grateful that Doug Thurston was the race director because he is one of the gods of running and race directing. He is uh, far, one of the most accomplished, credentialed, knowledgeable, experienced race directors anywhere. And most anyone will tell you that. And so I had good faith he and his team were making the right decision. Um, So I was given the task. He said, Fitz, go downstairs and make an announcement at the expo. So um, grab the microphone and You know, my perspective is always really good. You know, it could be worse. And as people are losing their homes and their lives in these fires, what's a big deal about losing a race, you know? But when I started telling people um, publicly, it actually kind of broke my heart a little bit. It was really hard because I know they have trained for it. They were excited about it. They paid a lot of money to be there, their hotels, their airfare. We had people from 19 different countries, 49 states or 18 countries, 49 states. So people come a long way. And uh, it did really break my heart to disappoint them. But um, because we had so much food prepared for the next day and we had beer, the Lagunitas beer guy, Kevin, instantly after I made the announcement, he came over and said, Fitz, I'd still like to pour beer. And I said, Kevin, go upstairs, talk to Doug. I think we can make that happen. And so they notified all of the athletes by mail, by social media and said, hey, we can't have this race because it's unhealthy conditions with the smoke. However... Um, We will be offering breakfast beer and medals in the morning. And um, (laughs) people came. They came and we made lemonade. I know the board members said they were kind of leery, showed up a little bit somber. Um, But we turn on the music and we say congratulations on your fastest half marathon yet. Congratulations on keeping all your toenails today. And, you know, we made lemonade. Everybody showed up with a great attitude. Some people did go run on their own. Um, and some people went and ran and they had to use their inhaler six times. Some people had to run and they, or tried to run and they had to stop pretty quickly because the smoke was very thick and you couldn't see the mountains and you couldn't see some of the boats in the wharf. And I still have a sore throat from being stuck outside for four hours, but, uh, we had a wonderful morning with outstanding people. And, you know, it was certainly proof that the running community is one of the best on the planet. I was so proud to be a part, and uh, we had a woman, Lisa Shaw, join us. She had um, showed up on Friday, I believe. She and her family were evacuated from the city of Paradise. Her home burnt down. The school she's principal of burnt down. And they came to Monterey, and she wanted to provide her kids with some feeling of normalcy. So while they were registering, the um, volunteer or I'm not sure who was registering them, caught on the fact that they sounded kind of anxious while they were registering for these races. And um, when Lisa turned around after registering, she said, now, I need to, now we all need to get some clothes and shoes. And so at that point, one of our Big Sur board members reached out and said, hey, I don't want to be nosy, but do you guys have something going on? And she said, yeah, we just lost our home. And um, we we were evacuated with nothing, so we don't have clothes or shoes to run in. So... Um, board member took them to the Treadmill, the Peninsula Running Company. That's one of our um, – they they have a store at our expo. They're a local company owned by Chris Cleary, a wonderful, wonderful man, great runner, great photographer, great human being. He provided this family with running attire and free shoes. And um, I believe it was one of the local restaurants gave them a $250 gift card so they could eat. And, you know, everyone just started pitching in, and so – you know perspective we talk a lot about that little girl in the snow white dress with a bald head with cancer and and that's really what I hold up my daily expectations of can I be cranky <laughs> if it's not as bad as whatever she was going through no I can't be cranky um, but at this this family you know and others like them how do you be a jerk about having your race canceled there were a couple of people that got online and said some nasty things. Um, I assume those people are just nasty in general. Perhaps they would have been super nasty even if the weather was beautiful and we put on an amazing race and sent them home with a $10,000 check, they would have found something nasty to say. So you can't expect everybody to be lovely at all times, but boy, was most everybody really, really lovely. Um, I, I feel fortunate to work with this type of person. You know, it just matters. It matters to me. I think it matters to Monterey. All of our leftover resources, they were all going to be sent up to um, people involved with the fires. I know the city of Paradise was getting a ton. And, uh, you know, when crisis happens, they say, look for the helpers. There's always the helpers and, you know, runners in general, they they show up to a race or walkers. I like to include the walkers, too, but they're showing up to improve themselves they're showing up to do something generous for their community or for a great cause. Uh, it, it matters. It does. So whatever you've got going on, the, the two takeaways from that are, you know, have perspective. Really, most of us don't have reasons to complain too bad. On occasion, someone gets an irritable, can be irritating. You can vent, but then you got to go on. And then the other is uh, be generous. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of generosity and it inspires me to go do good things. So of course I'm working the pitch in even more than usual myself, but great weekends. Um, I hope you guys will come to one of my races in the near future. I have a bunch of you running the St. Pete run fest event races this coming weekend too. I'll be in San Diego. I was originally supposed to host the St. Pete run fest. And I had to give it up so I could host the entire series of Wonder Woman races. John Pelkey, your other favorite announcer from Run Disney besides Rudy, he is hosting the St. Pete Run Fest, and he is the funniest guy on the planet. Y'all are going to have a blast with him. And um, then I am hosting the Savannah Bridge Run 5K and 10K on December 1st. So if you don't already have plans and you're somewhere in the southeast or you want to come to the southeast December 1st, I will be there at both start and finish lines, and we are going to have a heck of a good time because it's Savannah, right? And I think I'm going to take my son with me because I've, you know, had a great date with my daughter, and poor Parker needs to be smothered by his mom. He um, <laughs> he may not know it, but I know it, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to smother him now. But I love you guys. If you haven't already done so, please follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, pitch in. If you got questions, ask them. It gives me great content to talk about. And um, I have Timothy Powell's interview coming up next. It's great. Timothy was a wonderful guest and I just have to get to editing that show. But um, I'm excited for you all. Next up, we're going to talk about staying fit during the holidays. You know what? They're here and you remember in advance, you have no excuses. Your stomach is basically the size of a softball, so you don't need to eat everything. Stop trying to make to fill up a football when your stomach is only the size of a softball. Have a little bit, have a little mashed potato, a little turkey, a little bit of salad, whatever it is, but don't go overboard. You'll regret it. And that's why you listen to me is so I can coerce you into doing the right thing. So, again, love you guys. Stick around. Listen to Rudy Novotny, tell you about my morning mile program and. Get to work. my team.
0: Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, Morning Milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The Morning Mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting MorningMile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run